0: Hey guys, uh, Julie, Julie Fleeman and Julie and the red Jeep girl is here tonight to talk about a few updates and some off the cuff stuff that I just want to talk about tonight. Um, I'm going to do things a little differently tonight. We have had, it has been a week, I don't know about anyone else, but man. there's just like a lot of surprises going on. So um, I decided to hop on here because I'm still at a pause with my car. Uh, But while I'm at a pause, I'm taking that time to redo other things. And I did say the other night, I would give you a status update on my gear shift handle. And I have those tools here, or the accoutrements, if you will, of how I'm going to be modifying and doing a custom design on the current gear shift handle that was originally with the car because the brand new one did not fit. I have gutted it for parts. And so that is how I'm going to go into detail with that in a minute. Um, I even be proud of me guys. I even wrote some notes out. So hopefully you can hear the pages flipping of the book I wrote it in. Okay, so the first thing I gotta do is I would like to proudly announce that Isaiah and I have teamed up uh, with uh, MoldCompany.com, and you can go to my website, julianiman.com and under the Home tab, uh, there is a, uh, tab that says our recommended affiliates. If you go through there, you can look at the product, decide if you want to buy it. I can't wait to get our test kit in. And what it is, is it helps test the air quality in your home to see if you have any uh, issues with black mold or anything bad in your house that you might want to get further looked at uh, or dealt with, or maybe you just need new airfield filters or an air purification system in your home, but this test helps you out with that. Uh, Again, that link you can find on julianiman.com under our recommended affiliates. It is the mold test company, and as we get to work with them a little bit more, I will let you know how it goes, but um, they were one of the few that I felt comfortable with doing any kind of advertising with. However, if you do want to help us directly, you can also go to julianimancom slash donate to help keep this and my son's podcast going and our website going. So thank you guys again uh, if you do donate and thank you for listening. Thank you for taking the time out of your day to uh, listen to my journey and my stories. And a few other things tonight is I'm also going to share one a, a poem I wrote a few years ago and I have not publicly published it yet but i am excited to share it with you here um so you guys will get like one of the first listen-ins um apologies to the background of my room i'm moving stuff around i am also live on facebook for those on the podcast i am live on facebook and so um like i always say um i want this as off the cuff and as authentic as possible and as real life as possible and sometimes that means having a little bit of a messy room so up next is we are going to talk about my gear shift handle so the gear shift handle I ordered was did not fit my car I wanted to scream I wanted to cry I was so upset but um, thank you to my fraternity brother and one of the best people ever Jonah Brown he gave me the idea and um, and I thank him greatly for that we Gutted the parts on the gear shift handle on the new one, and so I'm plugging the battery back in to see if I can. Yeah, okay. So, so this is I gutted this thing, guys. I took the LED light out of the gear shift handle, and I took the emblem off of the new gear shift handle, and I'm going to incorporate it into the other one. I'll hold that up in a second. I have to get some foam. To glue around the top because I was going to try and get this. This is the LED. Yeah, there we go. That's the LED light that's going to go inside the gear shift handle. You have to have that spring for the motion sense uh, up here for it to activate. Um, this, however, this uh, lot, this battery is not required. Um, it comes with a, a little teeny tiny lithium battery pack, but since it has the USB charging port on it, I can connect a USB charging port and then just solder the rest into, um, into my dash so I don't have to recharge it, that it just activates at night when I turn the nighttime lights on. Or I can have it run, do uh, with daytime running lights as well. I haven't entirely decided that far yet. Um, Because I will be doing this myself, um, I just gotta make sure that I don't mess anything up with the security or anything like that in my car. I wanna make sure that if I do it, I do it right the first time. So study, 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 practice, 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 and then do the install. So that is where I'm at with that little battery piece. And then of course, this is what I'm shaving down to be in the overlay that's gonna go over my gear shift handle, because originally, um on the handle that comes in the 2000 to like the 1998 to 2004 Mustangs Mustangs I don't like them I don't like the look of them but when the first handle I bought didn't work out I was just like you know what I'm doing a custom job on this Mustang and so this would be another route of making it even more custom so I am, I'm rallying for one and I am going to just try to make this work as best as possible. And if I get it in and it works, but I still just don't like the look, yeah, I'll bite the bullet and buy probably a little bit pricier of one because I mean, the one I got, it was $19 or maybe $14. It, it wasn't a lot of money guys. And of course, when we tore it apart, it was very cheaply made. So I got what I paid for, it was a lesson learned, and it was also actually a gear shift handle meant for like a Toyota or a Mazda, and they just slapped a Ford emblem onto it, which is why it didn't fit in my car, so I thought when it said universal, I thought that meant universal, that does not always mean universal, so I lived and I learned, so up next, we are going to discuss, so yeah, um, once I, I I'm gonna have this shaved down to about, I gotta take another centimeter and a half off of all edges and then I'm going to build up the original gear shift handle with foam. This will lay over it and this bad boy right here will go under it like that with its glowingness like that and I will have a completely custom gear shift handle for my car. And so, you know, trying to make lemonade out of lemons or limoncello if you're Italian. I need some pasta. Anyway, so what else? What else? What else? So that is one of the dilemmas I'm working on right now. Like I said, I have to get, uh, the foam to shape around the outside of the handle. And that way I can tuck in wires and everything and run it along with the overdrive button into the dash, because I was originally going to just cut into this handle, uh, the original and I just don't feel comfortable with that and something I can recommend to anyone who is on the new journey of, you know, you're wanting to be cautious and mindful of the money you invest into your hobbies, especially if it's something like modifying a car. Um, if you don't feel comfortable cutting into original pieces, which the historian of me doesn't even like to say that. I don't like to do that. Um, but, you know, unless you are absolutely certain of yourself and it's something you've done repetitively, go for it. If not, don't do it. Okay. Cause we want it to look clean, tight, pristine, functional, practical, and have that little touch of luxury to it. So this is my journey with my gear shift handle to make it look better and nicer and prettier and also still serve a purpose. Um, up next, let me check my notes so I don't sit here with a ton of dead air. Be proud of me, guys. I'm making moves and stuff. Um, so up next, uh, wrong week. <laughs> okay. Uh. Let's see. All right. So I wanted to just talk a little bit about, uh, about, you know, how you protect yourself in the garage, or how you protect yourself when working on your car. Most of the time, it doesn't take much more than a pair of safety goggles. I set mine down somewhere. They're way over there. I'm not going to go get them right now, but uh, you want a pair of safety goggles. I just wear my eyeglasses. I have bifocals. Um, You can wear, put a bigger set over those if you are afraid of your actual glasses getting scratched. There's nothing wrong with that, of course. Um, and then I try to have latex gloves because sometimes the oil just takes forever to get out from under my fingernails. And since I'm in food service, it's really important for me to have that, that, um, hygiene. And that's something I try to practice every time I work on my car. So if you're in the food service industry and you're also working on vehicles, try to wear, um, the, uh, non-latex can't think of the word the polyurethane or whatever uh the non-latex gloves uh nitrile gloves there we go nitrile gloves um wear your nitrile gloves when you're working on your car um have eye protection hearing protection if you need it i'm hard of hearing but i still depending on what it is i still wear hearing protection because this week i have also lost a little bit more of my hearing and so, if I am shouting, I kind of apologize, but I also don't know if I'm shouting, so. Um, yeah, so you want eyeglasses, nitrile gloves, and then a pair of heavy-duty gloves, because you don't want to, you know, cut a digit on anything. Um, and then uh, a respirator, if you have a lot of allergies or anything, you do want some kind of respirator protecting your lungs. And then, um, because there is a lot of falling debris in a garage, especially if you're working underneath your vehicle or if you're having to grind something down or cut something to size, all sorts of things, protect your lungs, protect your eyes, protect your ears. It all kind of just goes together. Very straightforward. Now, one thing I decided to research that did get me frustrated as a, (laughs) that's my niece. that got me frustrated as a um just as someone with long hair i was just like okay what do the guys and gals out there put on their heads you know for when they're out in the shop and some people are like oh we just use a handkerchief or a headband or a hat or this or that and i'm like yeah but if you have long hair And some people are like you know braid it tuck it in the back of your shirt if you're comfortable with that good for you i cannot do that that would irritate the snot out of me so i feel like um what i found is probably gonna be the best thing um i'm gonna get a pattern to just make them for myself But bluesky.com has the pattern for if you have longer hair, they have surgical scrub caps with a pocket for your ponytail to go in, and you can roll it up and tuck it even further. And um, I'm not getting paid by them or anything, but I just thought that that was like, as far as like a legitimate answer, that was the most instructive and, you know, edifying route to go. So however you protect your hair in the shop, you know, you want to keep it from getting debris in or, or it or getting caught in a machine or in a tire or whatever. Um, most of the time I braid mine and then I take a, uh, I think I've showed you guys before on here. Like it's like a little face cover, but I just pull it back up and over my head and, and my braids or my bun or whatever. And that's how I work on my car. So, um, yeah, I was just like, well, you know, it's not just, it's not just a girl thing. There are guys that have long hair that work, that work in automotive shops. So, you know, what's the route they go? And so of course people said, braid your hair, put it in a hat, put it in this, put it in that. Yeah. Well, the bill of the hat also gets caught on things. And if that gets flipped off and that gets yanked off your head, your hair is probably going to go with it too. So like I said, um, Find a surgical scrub cap, either a pattern or buy one online, that has the pocket for your hair to be tucked in and further tightened to your head. Um, Another one was to take, uh, do your hair in space buns. um, (laughs) To put your hair... Oh, I keep hitting my mic tonight. I'm super clumsy. To put your hair in space buns up high, up top, at the top of your head. Um, And that's also a very good way to keep it from getting caught on things. Um, My hair is almost back down to my waist again. So it's, it's pretty long and it's very curly and it gets frizzy and it gets snagged on everything. So that's why I try to cover it up as much as possible. Now up next is I'm going to discuss, this was something I just came up with as an idea just to discuss on here from time to time. And I keep putting my book down and I'm not marking my place. So I'm learning as I go, guys. Be super proud of me. Um, and I, at first, I was just like, I'm not going to post a podcast. I'm not going to do anything this week. Um, I just felt like I didn't have enough ins- constructive information to give out. But I, I still need the routine of this. So, like I said, you know, whatever I feel like talking about, we're going to talk about it. And hopefully it keeps you entertained for about a good 45 minutes or so. Um, let's see. Uh, we're going to talk about this day in history, uh, automotive wise. Hang on. Let me, uh, let me find this real quick. Oh no. Okay. Here we are. Okay. So I found this really cool website and it's 365daysofmotoring.com 365daysofmotoring.com. And, uh, on this day, what day are we at we are at may 16th it is two three in the morning whoops my bad three in the morning um good morning y'all who's ready for coffee i am so uh the first thing on this day in history may 16th 1862 158 years ago Jean joseph etienne Lenoir built the first automobile with an internal internal combustion engine. He had adapted his two-stroke cycle engine to run on liquid fuel with his vehicle, made a six-mile, that's a 10-kilometer trip that took two to three hours to complete. His other inventions included an electric brake for trains in 1855, and a motorboat using his engine in 1886, and a method of tanning leather with ozone. This is some pretty interesting stuff. After that, the first uh, Daimler, Daimler, I'll have to, if I have that wrong, I apologize. The first Daimler engine was imported into England by Frederick R. Sims in 1891. That was 129 years ago, guys. And then in 1903, George Wyman left San Francisco on the first (laughs) First transcontinental, motorcycle trip riding a 1902 california motorcycle company motor bicycle he arrived in new york city 51 days later fish finishing 20 days before dr horatio nelson jackson the first person to cross the continent by automobile in 1907 the ardsley motor company car company was officially dissolved the company sells rooms we're located at 50th Street and Broadway in Yonkers, and by 1906, the automobile was advertised in a national automobile trade magazine as quiet and power- powerful. It had a 35 horsepower, could seat five, and was priced at a U.S. $3,500, and this was 113 years ago. In 1908, the Middlesex County Automobile Club became the first organization in Britain to receive written permission from the Commissioner of Police to hold a motoring competition on a public road. The President's Cup event held on the, on A-110 at Cat Hill uh, Cockfosters in North London was won by Mr. Alfred Alexander in his 8-horsepower de Dion. De Dion. I'm bad with words sometimes so just forgive me please okay we're moving on to 1921 99 years ago oh we're catching up frank c clement driving the second experimental bentley three liter won the brooklyn woodson race the first victory for the mark in 1922 98 years ago during practice at brooklyn's Lee guinness as timed by friends on the railway straight reached 144 miles per hour, driving a V12 sunbeam. On the following day, in windy conditions, he clocked an official 140.51 miles per hour, one way to take a New Brooklyn's lap record of 123.39 miles per hour. Along with several other speed records over various distances, his official 137.15 mile-per-hour flying kilometer record was to stand unbeaten for another seven years. In 1931, uh, 89 years ago, trolley buses first ran in London, operated by London United Tram, uh, Tramsway, LUT, from a department. Depot at Fullwell in southwest London, they were nicknamed Diddlers <laughs> and were bought to replace the trams, which were old and poorly patronized. LUT was absorbed into London Passenger Transport Board along with other tram operators. In 1933, Richard M. Hollingshed Jr. was granted U.S. Ah, hang on, it paused. I'm sorry. <laughs> Was granted U.S. patent 1,909,537 for his invention, the drive in theater. The first drive in movie theater was in Camden, New Jersey. It had a 40 by 50 foot screen and could accommodate 400 cars. The admission was 25 cents per car plus 25 cents per person. The theater opened in June 1933 and the first film shown was Adolf Minot's wife beware within a few years drive-ins were being built all over the u.s and i get the feeling with the status of things now drive-in theaters might make a comeback so we are going to get back on track but yay happy happy national movie drive-in movie theater day yay okay so the next one Nineteen thirty-six, the first ever motor race car in Ireland, the two hundred-mile Cork Road Race, was held. There were twenty-four starters, and nine finished the race, which was run by Reggie Tongue in a fourteen eighty-eight cc supercharged ERA or Era. Like I said, I'm tired. It, just forgive me if I say things wrong. Y'all will correct me. I trust y'all. That's what love. That's what people love to do. I know I love to do it. Okay, so. 1938, Sir Charles Bressy and Sir Edwin Lutyens published a Minister of Transport report, the Highway Development Survey, 1937, which reviewed London's road, road needs and recommended the construction of many miles of new roads. Among their proposals was the provision of a series of orbital roads, around the city, with the outer ones built as American-style parkways. Wide landscaped roads with limited access and grade-separated junctions. Several key centers of uh, several key centers of congestion were identified in the central area. So that's where we have to think for roundabouts. I'm kidding. I don't know that for sure. But that's who I'm gonna blame. I'm gonna blame 1938. That's what I'm gonna blame. Thanks. (coughs) I took on air. 1948, 72 years ago. From 1938 to 1947, the Monaco Grand Prix could not be held due to both financial difficulties and a shortage of competitors as well as deteriorating international climate. Finally, on this day, the almost forgotten roar of the engines was once more heard on the streets of the principality. The race was won by Giuseppe Farina and a Maserati 4 CLT. 1948, racer Ralph Hepburn died when his Novi crashed during a practice run at the Indianapolis Speedway. 1951, Ibsley Circuit, situated at RAF Ibsley on the fording bridge to Ringwood Road in Hampshire, UK, staged its first motor racing meeting. According to Motorcycling Magazine, it was a great success. The star of the event was Bob Foster on his uh, Vela set. I hope I say that right. 1952. Porsche and Studebaker signed an agreement calling for the German Fur to design a small car for the South Bend, Indiana, U.S. Company. Three prototypes were all that resulted from this agreement. In 1953, Tim Flock with riding companion Jocko Flacco. Joko Flacco? I don't know. I can read, I promise. I'm just bad with names. Okay, Jocko Flacco. We'll just call him Jake. Prevailed in a 100-mile NASCAR Grand National event at Hickory, North Carolina in the US. Jocko, a rhesus monkey, had a driver's uniform and a custom-made seat, and it was the first time a NASCAR Grand National winner had a co-pilot. Isn't that neat? That is super cool. 1956 General Motors dedicated its brand-new tradition brand new GM Technical Center in Warren, Michigan Costing around a hundred million dollars to develop and staffed by around 4,000 scientists engineers designers and other personnel The GM Technical Center was one of the largest industrial research centers in the world and there is another there is not another facility like it in the world in 1956 the 100,000th hundred, hundred MG, a left-hand drive MGA 1500, was produced. Yeah, yeah. Okay, 1956, John J. Caton, or Caton, Catone. I want to say Catone. I'm probably wrong. Founder of the Chrysler Institute of Engineering, passed away in Phillipsburg, U.S., 1970 stylist alex trimulus drove an aerodynamic ramona travoy motorhome at el mirage dry lake california u.s to a speed of 97.613 miles per hour for a record of this type of vehicle 1973 british leyland announced the austin allegro it was launched in, ni- in september 1974 with an on-the-road price Of 1,159 pounds, made between 1973 and 1983, the car was plugged with so many design problems, it was dubbed the Al-Agro. Because it's aggravating. 1976, the Belgian Grand Prix was won by Niki Lotta driving a Ferrari uh, 312 T2, who increased his lead in the World Drivers' Championship to 29 points by doing so. 1982, the Porsche 956, one of my favorites, made its race debut in the World Endurance Championship six-hour race at Silverstone, England, with Jackie Hicks and Derek Bell, starting on pole and winning the Group C Class, while a Group 6 Lancia LC1 wins overall. Driven by Stefan Belloff in 1983, the 956 holds the all-time record for the fastest vehicle ever to lap the famed uh, Ner- I can never say this word either. Nur, Nur, Nurburgring, <laughs> Nordschlife. Nurburgring, ner- there we go, Nurburgring, Nordschleife, completing the 20.832 kilometers. 1983, 37 years ago. Guys, we're creeping up on my age, and I'm not sure how I feel about this. Like, we're creeping up to my birthday a little too fast now. 1983. Wheel clamps were first used to combat illegal parking in London. Over 200,000 cars <laughs> were clamped over the following six months. 200,000 cars. See why history is so amazing? I love stuff like this. It just gives me a great chuckle. 1986. Hey, uh, not me yet. Oh, there's nothing for my birth year. Thank that, That's cool. Uh, I'm okay. I'm fine. It'll be alright. 1986, Joe Schwarzkopf Bowers of Watford Hertz drove his modified battery-powered Bond Equip from Heathrow Airport, London, to Crewkerne, Somerset, a distance of 132 miles on a single charge costing an estimated 60 pounds. 1992. We're getting up to speed, y'all. 1992, I was in kindergarten. It was a good year. Lights were installed at Charlotte Motor Speedway, and it became the first non-short track to host night racing. The first race held under the lights was the Winston All-Star Race. During the final 10-lap sprint, Dale Earnhardt led Kyle Petty and Davey Allison. 1996 Mazda and Ford entered into a closer tie-up with Ford, increasing its equity share from 25% to 33.4%. Henry Wallace became the first non-Japanese president of a major Japanese company. 1999, the Monaco Grand Prix, contested over 78 laps, was won by Ferrari driver Michael Schumacher. After starting from second position, it was Schumacher's 16th win with Ferrari breaking the record held by Niki Lauda. His teammate Eddie Irvine finished second with uh, Micah Micah Hakkinen. Hakkinen. There we go. Third for the McLaren team. Yay! 2006! It was announced that speed humps in the town of Yate in South Gloucester would be removed after a su- successful campaign by local residents. See, I don't mind speed bumps because they make people slow the heckin' down. And that's important because safety. 2006, again, 14 years ago, at least 35 died when two buses collided head-on near Kumasi, Ghana. In, 20, in 2013, short-track racing Richard... Uh great Richard Dick Trickle took his own life. Tricker Trickle is estimated to have raced in more than two thousand two hundred and twenty races, locking more than a million laps while becoming a fan favorite, especially in his home state of Wisconsin. He is regularly billed as the most winning racer in short track history. Missy you Richard. Twenty thirteen. It was reported that George Michael had been injured after the car in which he was traveling in crashed on the M1 during the evening rush hour. Ambulances, ambulance crews confirmed that the singer had to be airlifted from the scene near the junction with the M25. Three days later, Katherine Fox told the Sun newspaper that she was driving behind a Silver Range Rover when the singer tumbled out from the passenger door onto the third, lo- third lane of the northbound carriageway. And that is your hundred years history for this day, April, uh, where are we? We're not in April, silly gooses. We're in May. That is your, that is over a hundred years of history, May 16th. I don't like that it ended on a bit of a sad note, but that's where we're at tonight. So, on to, um, some more cheery stuff. Uh, don't like how that ended. I apologize for that. That was a little bit sad, but days are different everyone's different we're gonna get through this let's persevere on so that was your 150 years let's let's count it back here for a second okay so 158 years lots of stuff happened on this day for the automotive and um and transportation directed history um, we've obviously made a lot of leaps and bounds, um, I think my favorite out of that was that an electric car in the 1980s made it on 60 pounds worth of power, um, obviously not good enough for it to be an option for the public, but it still was in, it was a step in the right direction, Um, Failure doesn't mean that this is the end of the road. Failure means we got to try something else and we're going to get it to work out. That's kind of how I'm feeling with my gear shift handle right now. Um, Up next, I'm going to see where we at on time. And I thank you guys once again for sticking with me. I always appreciate you guys hopping on here to listen to my rants and my raves and and just how I'm able to express myself and discuss, you know, the love of my vehicle and everything. Um, I keep saying tomorrow, we will see in the next few days when we can actually get the rest of the work done on my car. We have a lot going on. As you know, uh, last weekend we had a... Or last Sunday night, Monday, I don't know. I don't even remember when it was, guys, but we had a huge storm. So if you didn't listen to my last podcast, we had a huge storm roll through, and I still think it was a tornado, but again, I still don't entirely know. Um, they said it was straight winds, whatever. We lost uh, a tree, got knocked down. Thankfully, it fell the opposite way of our house, but the downside of that was it took not only the power off of our house it took it was a domino effect of pulling power lines down across the highway uh all the way across the highway to the other side and some of those poles fell as well there were trees everywhere falling down I mean it was just it was scary it happened in minutes it sounded like a train was coming through our house like it went from just like a really like okay I say it's a really gentle rain I could hear it so it probably wasn't that gentle but it went from a decent rain to it wasn't just rain it was a roaring sound and our house was shaking and I live in my parents garage right now and my doors were rattling so hard and I'd never I hadn't experienced that unless we have bombs being detonated at the ammunition plant. And if you don't know it, uh, McAllister, Oklahoma is where an ammunition plant is. And um, they set off bombs from time to time. So if you move here, don't be shocked by that. Uh, We've grown up with it our whole lives. So um, yeah, it was like that, but like constant and continuous and like it just, everything was like rumbling and it was so weird. Um, from what I could hear, and at first we didn't think anything was particularly wrong. Well, once we had a a patrolman come down and shine his lights on the highway, uh, there were, there were power lines just strewn across the highway, someone got stuck in them, they had to get them out, they had to get them, we had to make sure that there was no power to them. And then we, uh, they continued to clear it off the rest of the day to let people be able to pass through. And my mom snapped a really cool picture of the trucks, um, lined up not only down the side of the highway, but straight across, uh, with their bucket, with their cherry pickers to get these lines restrung. And I just want to say that, you know, in the midst of (laughs) a pandemic, that is still ongoing and scary. And it, and it's there's just so many so many uncertainties right now um you know i keep saying thank you to the people who are getting up and they're able to go to work or you know they are going to work because they absolutely have to whatever their reason i appreciate them and i and i say that from the bottom of my heart and i try to find people who are not only working essential jobs, but are either, um, that they also have side hustles or something for us to purchase from. Um, if you're buying from restaurants, please tip extra. Even if you're not going in to sit down and eat, please tip. The, the workers still need that money. Um, if you are able, um, just, you know, if there is, if we can be a part of the solution during all of this Please, I implore you to try and be part of the solution. Um, for me, being hard of hearing, it is hard to read lips, and now that everyone's wearing a mask, including myself, I don't know sign language yet, and so, <clears throat> and so it's it's a little frustrating for me at times. But if we go slow, and we, you know, we can communicate through phones or on a piece of paper, we get through it. But you know, if you're coming into, if you're coming in contact with people who are hard of hearing or who are deaf and they are trying to write things out and you try to wave them on please don't do that that is just one of the rudest things ever because they're still trying to communicate they're still trying there to to be there to get their groceries and get home safely to their families as well so as long as we're working together everyone is going to get through this as safely as possible and my other thing was with that is you know we have this pandemic going on you know, we're, we're trying to find a sense of normalcy, we're trying to find a way to make our lives work as they previously did, um, and my thing, my, my hope is that, you know, anyone essential is, for one, getting a pay grade and better benefits, and two, um, you know, we still have, in Oklahoma, we have a big weather season upon us, and it's tornado season, uh, we have already been affected twice by it now, uh, here at my house, at the Wolf Ranch, and, um, for all of those essential workers and for all of those linemen and people and people either working in hazardous conditions due to weather or whatever, any type of emergency service, you know, it, it's not just a matter of my heart goes out to you, um, if you are s- if <laughs> If you have a business or something that you would like me to promote on here, I would be more than happy to do it if it's able to bring you a form of income. I like to advertise local businesses first. Um, aside from any affiliate links that I talk about for my sake of me and, and you know who I've decided to partner up with, my local businesses are very important to me. I cannot stress that enough. Um, so here is my drop for local. Uh, eat at Rosanna's. Go to, uh, let's see. I haven't eaten there yet, but I want to. So maybe if they hear me on here, they can tell me what to try. The Yardbird uh, uh, over, I think it's on Choctaw, maybe. let um, see. Where else? I... I got to get with a few people and ask permission to give them a shout out on here. And maybe if you listen to my podcast, I'm hoping, um, that, yeah, that you hear about them through me. So, um, anyway, we're going to continue on. So always, I always recommend you eating at Rosanna's. Go shop at Lindley's, shop at Pruitt's, shop at Lavera's for your groceries, uh, try to shop the smaller grocery stores first before we go to walmart i do walmart pickup i'm still not leaving my house and it's driving me crazy because i'm not gonna cry (laughs) i have the hiccups again because i talk too fast i'm not gonna cry but i am gonna say that i just really miss my job um at the coffee shop Uh, in the hospital. I miss my customers. I love you all so much, and I'm so grateful for all the work you do there. As always, um, from the bottom of my heart, I miss you guys, and I can't wait to see you again uh, at some point. The next thing we're going to talk about um, is I am actually going to read a poem for you guys. I have not published it yet, and I am super excited to be reading it. To you. I don't know why this thing is popping up there, but whatever. So this is a poem I have yet to publish. I wrote this about four years ago. This is my work. It is not up. It is not available for anyone to copy, plagiarize, or anything like that. This is authentically mine. And so, uh, and before I read this, I do have to put this out there. I have said this before, but, uh, for obvious reasons, I am going to say this. I am not a professional. I am just here to talk about my experience, anything that you do on your own, uh, that is up to you. Um, that's your prerogative, um, Please don't be like, well, you said to do that. Yeah, no, I'm just discussing my experiences and sharing with you guys. And, um, I don't take any liability for anyone else's, uh, kerfuffles because I have plenty of my own. so, on to that, I don't like to get ugly like that. I really hate saying that. I don't think I would have to, but it's just, um, we all gotta be safe out there and, uh, we all gotta just take care of each other. And so that's why I also tonight wanted to discuss I kind of jerked my microphone. Are you okay? You're okay. We're okay, guys. So that's why I also wanted to discuss the importance of safety in the garage and and what it means to be, you know, you need to be alert, you need to be aware and also if you try something you're doing that on your own volition, uh I I'm just here to share. So, Onto to another thing and this is all we're gonna have for tonight because i'm at 43 minutes so this poem i wrote about my experience as a child not uh uh before uh well i i wrote it as um as much as i could remember of my childhood and my family and everything that i really enjoyed from being a kid well not everything but a lot so I really, really hope you guys enjoy this. This is called Raised Oklahoma, A Narrative. I grew up accepting defeat, though sometimes a sore loser, but then again, who isn't from time to time? If I lost at something, I laid it to the side and began again. I walked until I danced, and oh my, how I have danced. I grew up in what some would call a sheltered home protected with rules laid down by married and loving parents what a rarity now and i was truly grateful i grew up on walkabouts barefoot with walking sticks and ziploc bags for water filters when walking a trail if a snake was in your path you sat on the side and waited for it to go its way before continuing on yours however if my grandpa wasn't with me it was another story yeah i grew up in the country with farm animals and wild game I grew up being seen and not heard, but for me it wasn't being redneck or country or old-fashioned. It was something until someone labeled it so, so it must be so. Horse apples. It was simply living in the magic of my childhood. I stayed there in the wonderment of it until I finally had to turn away and let it go where it was meant to. But now as a grown woman, still growing, I step outside to places so dark only the stars can guide you, And I walk wintry paths without a coat to fill what those before me once felt. That connection of raw sensation and oneness you experience of this beloved earth God made. After all those reading lessons, walkabouts, and berry pickings, after all that joyous love, and all of that struggle, I wouldn't trade one second of how Oklahoma raised me. And I just realized that is the wrong poem. I gotta find... That was my rough outline. I tricked y'all. Uh, I'm not gonna edit that out because, like I said, authenticity, folks. Give me a second here. Uh, okay. I messed that up. I cannot believe I did that live on Facebook. But, like I said, we are off the cuff and we are gonna have some dead air for just a hot minute. Hang on, let me pause this bad boy. I'm pausing it for the podcast. All right, guys, we are back on the podcast and on Facebook Live. Thank you guys again for bearing with me. I say thank you a lot. That's because I am truly, truly grateful to be able to do this once a week and be able to share my life experiences and and my car and everything with you. So I'm restarting this poem. I am so sorry, guys. Here we go, restarting it. I grew up in a common way for my part of the world. Some would call it typical, some would call it unique, and some will always think it beneath them. I grew up poor not knowing that our level of income for adults would be considered poor until we were told by outsiders that that was indeed what we are. I grew up at the feet of my parents and grandparents. I spent summers outside until the dew was laden across the grass, only to roll onto a cot to fall asleep under the blanket of stars. And I was up with the first sunlight riding in Papa's eyes, Crown Victoria, with the blue velvet seats to the cleanest lake. All nine grandchildren and I got what he called the hump. Very, very important spot in the car. Seatbelt safety was something you did on long trips if you didn't have beanbag chairs in the back of your truck. I grew up picking blackberries and putting them on the cheapest yet best ice cream you could get, which was from scratch. You weren't allowed to say you were bored or heaven knows if you acted out once at a family gathering. Mima would be sure to volunteer you to help with head cheese of the most recently butchered pig and or lamb. And yes, that meant brushing the pig's teeth. It didn't do anything for the flavor of the head cheese. It was just Meemaw making us understand that the next punishment would be much worse. I grew up where electricity wasn't a necessity to have fun other than a table lamp to read by. Every night my dad would read me Sesame Street because I had a speech impediment. He had me count back from a hundred precisely enunciating every syllable every night with Count Dracula. I was reading on my own by the time I was in kindergarten. I was alive with my books. I grew up with Girl Scouts. Always leave a place cleaner than when you found it. That comes in handy for hotels trying to slide sleazy fees by you. I went fishing and hunting where the two major rules were. You never point a gun at a human unless they're trying to hurt you. And you never shoot or fish an animal you don't intend to eat. One time all of us cousins were catching perch in Papa's pond. And he caught the older boys throwing them on the ground and not returning them to the water. We had to take the perch, ungutted, pike them on sticks and roast them over an open fire and yes, eat them. "'we didn't act up for quite a while after that. "'I grew up longing for the day "'I would have the privilege of writing cursive. "'I just wish someone would have warned me "'about fourth grade Mrs. Crawley, I love you, "'and Shirley English. "'I'm most certain I turned to Jesus "'more than ever that year. "'I fell down a flight of stairs. "'My best friend had uh, survived cancer, "'and we had to do Shirley English.' Hadn't us fourth graders suffered enough? One of us really had. And I love you. I grew up having fun being a kid until trips to the hospital made me not a kid, not a teenager, and not an adult. I was paralyzed and walked again. Treatments made me fat and I got thin again. Suddenly, I wasn't just growing up; I was anticipating what else would be taken from me next. I became sad and depressed, almost all hope lost, but I had things and people. I had family, however non understanding they were, they were still they still stood by by me, trying to comprehend the sudden gaping hole in my chest. I grew up living Oklahoma. From the heat of the red dirt to the struggles of living in the face of judgment, all because I was sick with an illness that was in no way contagious. But remember, we didn't have much in the way of WebMD or Google. I know what I can call myself now, living survivor. It happened. I, I succeeded in Jesus' name, and I'm moving on. I grew up not accepting defeat. If I lost at something, I laid it to the side and began again. I walked until I danced, and oh my, how I have danced. I grew up in what some would call a sheltered home, protected with rules laid down by married and loving parents. What a rarity now. But I was always grateful. I grew up on walkabouts, barefoot with walking sticks and Ziploc bags for water filters when walking a trail if a snake was in your path. You sat on the side and waited for it to go its way before continuing on yours. Yeah, I grew up in the country with farm animals and wild game. I grew up being seen and not heard, but for me it wasn't being redneck or country or old-fashioned. It, was something until, it wasn't something until someone labeled it so it must be so, horse apples." It was simply living in the magic of my childhood. I stayed there in the wonderment of it until I finally had to turn away and let it go where it was meant to. But now as a grown woman, still growing, I step outside to places so dark only the stars can guide you, and I walk wintry paths without a coat to fill what those before me once felt. That connection of raw sensation and oneness you experience of this earth After all those reading lessons, walkabouts, and berry picking, after all that joyous love and all of that struggle, I wouldn't trade one second of how Oklahoma raised me. That was my poem. Sorry I messed it up the first time, guys. (laughs) Um, And then last but not least for the night... I was going to tell you my favorite car, but I have decided to wait until the next podcast because I want to put a challenge out here to you guys, and I want to see if one of you can guess what my favorite, absolute number one favorite car is, and if you guess it right, I don't know what you're going to get, but maybe you'll get bragging rights, I don't know, we'll see. Anyway, you guys have a wonderful night. I love you so much. Stay safe. Stay home. Wash your hands. Change. Check your engine. Change your... Check your engine. I did it again. <laughs> change your oil. Check your fluids. Rotate them tires. Detail your car. Wash your car. Give it some TLC if you're still stuck at home. Um, binge Netflix and all that good stuff just try to be patient through this if you can um and just one last reminder if you're an essential worker and you know of someone uh that has a business or you have a business let me shout you out on here please 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 i would be more than happy to Um, and that is all for tonight. Thank you guys. I love you all. Y'all have a good night and sleep well. I'm gonna go get some coffee.